Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity. Forming strong teams to support them, Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself. But even better, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Thursday, September 16th. Jewish friends, do not think that I am working on Yom Kippur. I am not. But we are putting this in the can so we can continue to deliver great content. And I'm sure that the Jewish people out there who are observing the Day of Atonement will not be listening to this today. They will be maybe listening to it tomorrow after they have fasted for a whole day and atoned. You know, Mark, the whole fasting thing, I, I it was a funny realization about 10 years ago. It used to be so hard for me. And then I had this moment where I said, wait a minute. I'm making this like a crazy mind game. It's really not eating breakfast and lunch. That's all it is because you eat the night before. Then the next morning you wake up, you go to temple and you do have like a dead afternoon, but you get to eat at sundown. So it's only missing two meals. Once I made that little adjustment, oh my gosh, I'm fasting like a champ, you know? Anyway, I'm very grateful that all of you are listening and we are always, always so really, we, we feel gratitude because the show does not work without you. And so if you have a financial question, all you need to do is send us a note and we get that note simply by you hopping onto the website, hitting the contact button, boom, we get it. And don't forget to tell us if you would like to come on the air with us. We would really enjoy that as well. But let's blow through some emails today, okay? So Sebastian says, I listen to your show daily, um, and thank you for what you do. I enjoy your genuine feedback that you provide to listeners. I'd like to semi-retire early. I have a career that I despise. 
that is taking a toll on my mental and physical health. And I can't wait to retire from the military. He's got eight years left that he says he's going to power through. Eight years of powering through, that's a lot. Anyway, he says, I think I'm going to be okay, but what are your thoughts? Here's the deal. He is 39 years old and he makes $100,000 a year. Um, and he says some of this is about, let's say a little bit, of, uh, just under half is not taxable. He's got a retirement plan, a Roth thrift savings plan. It's got $65,000 into in it. He's got a Roth IRA with Vanguard with $40,000. He's got a brokerage account with $26,000 and $40,000 in liquid savings. His wife's forty. She makes $88,000. Uh, she's got a Roth 401k with $35,000 in it. She's got a Roth IRA, $14,000, and liquid savings of $65,000. Okay. We live in San Diego, but I'm a Nevada resident, so I don't pay California income tax. Neither does my wife. I know you don't like paying off the house early, but I think I have some trauma from my childhood oh, when we were evicted a few times, so it does give me peace of mind. And by paying down my house, I feel I'm in control to do whatever I want, when I retire in the military, I won't have that stress to find a job right away because I will not have the mortgage hanging over me. So the house is worth eight fifty. They've got five hundred grand outstanding, um, and they expect to pay it off in five years. Mark, oh, don't go crazy. The interest rate's two and a quarter percent. You know what I'm going to say. So anyway, but anyway, the remaining three years after that, we pay off the house. I'm going to max the Roth three thrift savings plan. I'll increase my liquidity. When I retire, the house will be paid off. My pension will be $2,800 a month. And I will also have disability. So basically, his pension and the disability income will cover all of their expenses. That's great. And he plans on working when he retires, but not something that is as stressful. His wife will continue working until the son graduates college, which will be another 15 years. The daughter's college is fully funded. She got, oh my gosh, she got scholarship. She's using the GI bill. Oh my God. Is it crazy for me to semi-retire in eight years and, and retire totally in 15 years? Um, so this is interesting. Another little wrinkle to this, Sebastian says that they're going to plan on looping in Mexico and maybe South America down the road once their son graduates from college because the cost of living will be much lower. And by the way, they own a condo in Mexico free and clear and he's a dual citizen. Uh, They can then live off their pension, disability and rental income in the countries. They will have health care. Thanks for your time. Look, I'm not going to tell you not to do this. I'll tell you why. It sounds to me like you've had a you're you're enduring something that's really difficult. And so I'm I'm not here to stomp on that. You've run the numbers, what you've laid out completely works. Is it crazy? Look, you got to see what how you feel. So in 8 years you'll see. But um can you do it? Absolutely. Absolutely you can do it. And I'm I really just only want you to feel good about where you are. All right. That's that's how I feel. You're sacrificing enough. It sounds like you're really stressed out. So let's get you done. And then you'll figure out what you do next. You get to drive this one. You're going to drive this. So yes. Do I think you can do it? Sure. And I bet this plan is going to change many times between now and the time you really pull the trigger and get yourself to the next place. So feel free to keep in touch with us. Okay. Carla wants to know if they need long-term care insurance. She says, we are retired 61 and 63. 
We will get pensions at age 65. We don't have long-term care insurance. I'm worried about that. They've got $1.2 million in retirement assets. They own their own home. They pull from their Vanguard IRAs right now. We're both healthy, but I have a tall husband and I'm 5'3", and moving him around does not seem feasible. (laughs) Uh, Do each of you have pensions? Will it cover all of your living? I mean, you probably don't need it. That's what my guess is. If you want to try to investigate some, I would say, I was going to say like partial coverage, sure, but it's expensive. So I don't know if you need it. I, I doubt you need it, but if you want to investigate it, let's see what you come up with and send us a note back. Dale's subject line, which I love. Mark, did you see this? Just a normal guy. That's what his subject line is. First of all, he writes, love your show. Listen almost every Saturday. That means that he's um, he's listening to our radio show, our terrestrial radio show. He says, I'm not one of the people that have a million dollars. Okay, that's fine with me. Dale's 70 years old. He works part-time for a company. He's worked for the past 45 years for this company. He says he's been widowed since 1994. He says almost, but never remarried. Hmm. Two grown children, 43 and 41, both married and making a great living. They own their homes. I've got a couple grandkids. Okay. So he's got an IRA that's worth $320,000. He gets $25,800 a year from social security and another 20 grand from his part-time job. He's got 20 grand in an E-Trade account. He's got a crypto account. Hey, Mark, see this guy? He's 70 years old. He's got a crypto account with 2,000 bucks. He's got 12 months of living expenses in the bank, 10 grand in savings, 401k with $10,000. Home's paid for. He leases a vehicle. He's got a classic car for fun. Total monthly expenses, $1,400, including taxes on the home. He pulls $1,000 a month from his IRA, which was a rollover. He's with two different investment advisors, and he's been drawing some money for about four years. He hasn't busted the nut. Okay. My job, uh, I look at as my fun money. Before retiring, I save like a madman. And he says, you know, I wanted to do updates on the home and all that. And he paid cash for it. And he still needs to update his kitchen and bathroom. Not cheap. I can do some of the work myself. I'm still in good health. Um, here's the question. Can he afford 25 to 30 grand to remodel the kitchen and bathroom? Should I consider a home equity line of credit? My credit score is around 800. Should I liquidate my stock in 401k to pay for it? I put 15% in my 401k, 15% in my employee stock purchase plan every pay period. Is that smart? It tells me who he works for. You know what? Let's do this. First of all, stop putting money away in retirement. Don't do that. Take the money you earn and put it in your cash account. And now you will be able to beef that up. What you should do is you should absolutely remodel your kitchen and you should take the money that you have that's sitting in your savings account, the 10,000, you should save up some more money in there and you should do the work and whatever you need to, you know, sort of top it off, take it out of the IRA account and be done. That's it. That's all you got to do. I think it's, you're, you're in good shape. Um, and if you have to take a little bit of money out, probably not enough to throw you into another tax bracket, but you're single, you might have to pay 22% on some of the money you're taking out, but just do the work. Come on. You're, you're in a happy place. Just a normal guy, Dale. I think that's good. 
Uh, here's Linda, lives in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and listens to us, Mark, on a, my favorite radio station. You know what radio station that is, Wood Radio, W-O-O-D. The way that I loved, learned to love Wood Radio is that uh, the first time I was on, the host said, you're listening to Wood Radio, you're waking up with wood in the morning. And I will just let that land. Okay. Uh, Linda is 72. And she says, um, live primarily on social security benefit of about 800 bucks per month. I was a stay at home mom. She's also a gig gig worker. She makes some extra income that brings in about a thousand dollars extra per year. She says, I own a small home outright. I've got no mortgage. Biggest expenditure is property taxes, 1600 bucks a year. My question concerns a modest inheritance. Her mom recently passed away. Her sister was the co-owner on her bank account, which was around $60,000. After paying some of the bills, my sister gave me a check for twenty-five dollars and I put it in my savings account. Question. Since I would obviously wish to keep as much of the $25,000 as possible as a safety net supplement to my modest income, what may I legally and prudently do to shelter as much as I can at tax time? Well, first of all, you're not going to pay any tax on this from like an inheritance. See, there's no tax that's due there, but you don't have a lot of money. So you pay taxes on the 800 bucks a month, right? And this you'll just, you'll pay tax on the interest. You're fine. You're not going to pay a lot of money at all. So you're good. You're probably still going to be in the 12% tax bracket and that's it. That's easy peasy and uh, glad you have a little bit extra safety net. Okay. Finally, Lisa writes that she and her husband are 59. They're recently retired. They're in great financial condition to continue their current active lifestyle. My husband has a traditional pension plan. We're planning to take the lump sum payment of $1.6 million. Alternatively, if we wait until age 65, we can take a 100% joint and survivor benefit. Okay. So meaning that if you wait till, you know, so they're 59, if they wait for six years, they will have a payment that is about $7,000 a month, no matter who is alive, right? So it's guaranteed income. Lisa says it does not adjust for inflation and there's no death benefit. Our financial advisor with Ameriprise is suggesting we take the lump sum, invest half of it and put the other half into an annuity. While I would normally dismiss an annuity, the concept is that this lesser dollar value would replace some of our guaranteed income, blah, blah, blah. My first impression is that this is not a good investment. Let me just say this. Do not do this. Do not do this. My question is a totally different question. If this is the only money you have, right, is this just your 1.6 million, maybe it does make sense to at least consider annuitizing it. My biggest question is, is 100% joint and survivor benefit the only option? Could you take a different annuitization benefit? Also, here's what else I need to know. What is the other money that you have that is outstanding? What other investments do you have? I mean, by the way, the fees on the the, um, annuity investment are basically three and a half to 4%, which is insanity. So do not do that. You're not going to do it, but I need to know more information about you. Because first of all, of course, this person at Ameriprise is like, oh yeah, I think you should take the lump sum. And he says, I'm going to invest half of it and put the other half into an annuity. So I want you to take the lump sum so I get paid twice, 
on the investment half and the annuity half. No way you're doing this, Lisa. Forget it. Forget it. But I want to hear from you. So please do not do anything. Let's talk. Get back in touch with us and let us know if we can help you do make some other choices. But I need more information. But don't do this annuity. And let's get rid of this so-called advisor. Mm, no good. Okay, that's it. That's the show with the show. And we are always here for you. So just send us a note. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Go to JillOnMoney.com, bookmark it, hit the contact button every time you've got a financial question. And while you're on the website, don't forget, you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter. And you can also subscribe to our other program. It's called Eye on Money. Why would you do that? Because you want to hear Mark and nobody can hear Mark's voice enough. It's the best. It's so great. Okay. Don't forget to do something nice for someone else today. Maybe it just means putting your hands metaphorically on someone's back, but just do one little thing. It will make you feel better and it will make that person feel better. And please keep in mind that we practice a mantra here. We're very Zen. Grit, growth, grace, and a little side of gratitude. It would help. Really would. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.